This episode of Let's Think On It comes from an excerpt from O Brother Radio with Will Lockamy, Reed Lockamy, and Dr. Mark Westfall. We're still hanging out with Dr. Mark Westfall, of course, uh, talking about the brain and addiction. We went over kind of an overview last segment, and now we'll get into some of the nitty-gritty stuff. Uh, Dr. Mark, you brought a guest with you. Go ahead and introduce our guest for this sure. first segment. I've got Doug White. Doug is um, works for the Foundry, and um, I'm just going to move right into it. Doug uh, is going to share some of his experiences. Uh, he's got a lot more hands-on experience day-to-day than any of us, and, and as far as seeing what it's like to be in the trenches. And this is now we're narrowing it down to substance issues, not overall usage issues, but for substances specifically. So, Doug, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank y'all for having me. Uh, thank you for asking me, Dr. Westfall. And uh, and as you said, I am uh, my title is Director of Development at the Foundry Ministries, but uh, have been involved with the Foundry for uh, six years now. And uh, however, the first year of that was I was actually uh, in the recovery program at the Foundry, and so. Uh, having seen both sides of it being going through recovery myself and then also working on the other side and working with those who are uh, seeking recovery uh, just gives me a, a unique perspective, so to say. And but is that typical at the Foundry? Do many of the people who work there are people who came through the program? They are. I We say roughly 40% of our staff. So we have 90 staff at the Foundry and roughly 40% of those are graduates of our program. And so quickly for your listeners that don't know what the foundry is what we do uh, quickly on the recovery side is we are a year-long Christ Center recovery program and it's nine months inpatient three months outpatient and uh, we have locations in Bessemer and Coleman as well we have our foundry farm in Coleman and so um, for our recovery program we house 57 women and we have 140 beds for men in Bessemer and another Fifty something beds in Coleman for men and uh, nine months inpatient. That's the real deal. It is yeah. the real deal. Yeah, and you have to want deal. to be there as well. You do. You do. Now sometimes we have people with circumstances that that make them really want to be there because <laughs> right, they're, right. they're being <laughs> held by uh, legal situations that uh, motivate them. It's motivating right. to finish the program. Nowhere but, good to go if they're not there. But yeah. uh, but I was in a similar similar circumstance that. I had some situations that were kind of holding me there and didn't really want it when I was at the foundry as well. And um, I know oftentimes you'll hear in recovery that people have to, they've got to want to get help. And right. uh, that's certainly so. But I had to get in the program to realize how bad I, I wanted the help, I guess to say. And and the length of that to me is, is key. I mean, I uh, know your thoughts on it, but, but a year's of recovery sounds like a long time. Before the foundry, I'd never heard of that. You always hear the 28 days. Right. Or That's the classic, um, the kind of the way that insurance dictates things happen uh, is usually 28 Even days. Even on intervention, it's normally three months, you know, like on the show. Right, 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 yeah. yeah. Which but the, the foundry p- was on once. That's right, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But but the people I see, and I don't, you know, I don't specialize in substance use. I'm a general psychiatrist. But people I see that, that seem to uh, really get the most out of, of, of treatment is it, the longer the better. And a year is not too long at all. Right. At all. And, and so many people hesitate when they hear a year. And uh, it's kind of sad how many how many people that deters from coming in our program because uh, they want to try the 30 or 60 day approach first. But uh, I always tell people when people usually get to the foundry, they usually 
exercised all options before uh, they get to our doorstep, meaning uh, whether when it started out they had insurance pay for a 30-day program or um, if they had legal circumstances, the judge would start out with a, a shorter-term program. And, and usually by the time they make it to the foundry, their circumstances have built up where they've uh, tried multiple rehabs and, and they may have been in jail multiple times. And, and so they have a lot of times the people we see have uh, more compounded circumstances by the time they get to us. Now, good and bad, it's unfortunate they had to go through that, but it is fortunate that they made it to us. And a lot of times it makes them uh, a little more serious, I guess, to say, a little more receptive to, um, to what we're offering through our program. And if you're thinking clearly, and of course, I guess part of the problem is a lot of these people are not coming in, but gosh, on, on one hand, it seems like maybe that would be a relief to have a place where you could have you know, not have to be in charge of a chaotic life of your own for a year, have someone kind of there helping you. Right. Yeah. You know, and I guess yeah. the the stress that I, as soon as you think about going somewhere for nine months or a year or whatever, I mean, the stress is like, well, what about my job and my like day-to-day routine? But I guess at this point, a lot of these people have already lost a lot of that anyway. Right. But you still see people trying to use that as an excuse to hang on, to, right. not, to right. not completely right. let yes. go. Yeah. But they and have to, right? I mean, they, you can't. No, you can't. You have yeah. to give up and come in the program and, and commit yourself to the program for that length yeah. of time. But uh, Dr. Westfall, Mark, when you were mentioning those things, um, uh, a lot of those circumstances that, you know, most people when they come to us, I was checking them off, have gone through, uh, they would typically be classed as severe. Yeah, and, six, and, or, uh, six or more of the criteria we talked about, of the 11 criteria. Yeah, most right. of them would be definitely be severe. Yeah. And, and one thing I mentioned about the term while we're talking about the length of it, um, it has to do with, you were talking about, y'all were using donuts as an example, mm-hmm. but it has to do whatever, if you come in for heroin addiction and you remove the heroin um, from your life, and, and we're a spiritual program as well, so it's um, it's all about connecting with God and creating that relationship is kind of filling that void, but it's also now you have the remainder of that year to learn what other, you say your brain has these three impulse and emotion and and dopamine well are you going to try to fill that with something else during that nine months or are you going to learn um and with our help hopefully we will notice those behaviors and you have that length of time to say hey okay you've got heroin out of your life while you're here but you're uh constantly indulging in everything else you smoke four packs of cigarettes a day you eat as much as you can we can notice those trends and hopefully in a positive way um, through counseling and through training kind of through that year train those so you can identify that when you go back out into the real world so you and from a biology standpoint what is going on during that year is you're retraining your biology and you know it's it's a habit and it's a way of thinking it's really complicated as far as all the different things that trigger people to stay into their misuse of something and it takes that much time to really retrain your behaviors. It's, it's like trying to, uh, you know, in the animal models we've talked about with the mouse going down the, going down the same maze. Um, if they've gone down that maze and found the cheese at the same place for five years and then you try to retrain them, it takes a lot of repetition to have them go a different path. And so essentially that's what we're doing with our brain is we're retraining, we're making new pathways, and it takes that long for them to really make those new pathways. We just, and you see that because when people go for shorter lengths of time, they have more trouble st- staying in recovery. And it sounds like, you know, what you're pointing out is that the heroin's not the problem. The 
the void might be the problem or whatever it is that you're trying to fill in with heroin or whatever the next thing might be. So people might make the mistake of thinking I'm off heroin now I'm okay, but that's you still have the the underlying issue. Right. And and most of the time that and with us that underlying issue is is a spiritual problem. Right. And um and and since we were talking about you mentioned heroin and I use that as my um my example, I, I guess we can maybe lead into that's what we're seeing uh, the biggest problem with right now. Yeah. So right now, probably uh, you were using pain medicine as your example, uh, how that's an opioid and it relates to heroin, and probably three-fourths of our population is opiate or heroin right now. Yeah. And you've got like uh, 300. And, and, in, and overall in, in the foundry, we've got 320 to 340 beds, men and, and women at all and times. Three-fourths are and three-fourths are opioid-related? Yeah, opioid or heroin, yeah. and, and mostly heroin now. And uh, so you get kind of a compounded effect with that because the consequences of heroin are usually quicker and more severe. So um, when you're dealing with, with cocaine and alcohol, you have less risk of overdosing and dying whereas now with heroin um you come in our program and and possibly you're not done with it or you feel like it's not time to give it up well now we're seeing more and more who we will welcome you back but more and more aren't making it back right and um and then also i mean they're not surviving not surviving yeah they're dying and uh and that number is drastically increasing but um and a couple of things I've heard about that is one now shockingly this new uh, heroin that is on the streets is like the cheapest option for people. It's cheaper than pills, which is just it wasn't the case with the heroin of the late '90s. It's a completely different thing, and of course it's just more potent and made with also you know, these cheaper things that being cut with other stuff, being cut okay. with other things. So it's it'll kill you much quicker. Right, and and you said more potent. A lot of times, supply and demand. There's competition now. It's the it's it's the most prevalent drug. So um, in the late 90s, the dealer who was the only dealer, now he's got 10 people competing with him, and, and so he needs a better product to sell it. And so I think that's part of part of the reason of the potency. But, Interesting. Um, you mentioned pills. for I'll use my personal example. I'm, I'm recovered from opiate heroin addiction. Yeah. And so uh, when I started, when I started college and, and started out in that, that period, it was Oxycontin. That's what hit at that time, and that's what I became addicted to. And uh, through the years, transitioned into heroin. And um, but when I started, there uh, I couldn't find heroin. Heroin wasn't an option then. And and this is heroin that you were cooking and shooting. Yes. Okay. Uh, intravenous heroin. Because now yes. people are smoking it, and I didn't know that was a thing either. But we can talk about that. Right. Yeah. Right. You got to watch intervention more often. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know that was a thing. I thought you yeah. always cooked it and shot it, but no. And. Uh, there there are other options now. I had someone tell me the other day that, that more and more people are smoking it, and that's how it's reaching a younger and younger population, right. kids in high school. But I always tell, uh, it's kind of like the if, you, if you're smoking it, you're going to end up shooting it at one point. Uh, it's kind of the end game um, to the abuse of it. Um, but the dynamics changed, and so that, that was my whole point to that. When I started in the mid-'90s, it was Oxycontin, and, and it became very expensive and harder to get, and heroin was the natural uh, alternative to that and so now people are just going it seems like the pills aren't there anymore we had some things happen that they're not available and, and the heroin Talking is available prescription pills prescription pills prescription yes. yeah. opiates yeah. right they're we not talk- as available because of changes from the fda and those kind of things so right. people are now shifting towards the heroin the because heroin. it's cheaper and more readily available is that what i'm hearing that that is what you're hearing yeah. and, and one thing is so 
two reasons from that. When they shifted the formula to make them um, abuse-proof, so to say, you had all these opiate addicts that had to turn to something, so they turned to heroin. I think that probably increased the demand. Uh, that increased demand makes makes it more available for people who weren't previous addicts, I guess to say. Yeah. But, uh, uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll still be hanging out with Doug. Uh, another segment here, and again, a ton more questions. Don't forget, you can tweet these questions at Brothers on Twitter, and we'll get to them just as soon as we can. Also, if your question is lengthy, you can email it to lockmebrothers at gmail.com. And we will get to that as well. To listen to Dr. Mark Westfall live, check out O Brother Radio on Birmingham Mountain Radio, 107.3 FM in Birmingham, 97.5 in Tuscaloosa, at bhammountainradio.com, or on the free BMR app. Join in with your questions and comments on Twitter at Lockamy Brothers. <laughs> 